Hello, everyone. This is Rick with Cybersecurity and IT Professional Podcast, where industry leaders share their insight. It is six questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. So let's get to it. As you can tell, I'm in the dungeon in Colorado at my in-laws family house, and I'm here with David. David, let's start. Question number one, in a few sentences, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, I work operations for Blue Vector. Uh, that's kind of a catch-all term, if you will. Uh, I joined the team uh, back when Blue Vector was acquired in the winter of 2009. Uh, so I did a ton of uh, internal and external uh, processes and uh, partnership development, uh, as well as um, doing some efficiencies work and a whole lot of other things. <laughs> whole lot of other things. Trust me, folks, he is everywhere in this company. Question number two, what's the best thing about being a cyber professional? It's great to be part of leading and tech, leading edge technology. Um, you know, we need to stay ahead of the bad guys uh, in order to make sure that our customers, be it uh, businesses, uh, you know, large commercial enterprises or the government, uh, stay safe. Nice. Question number three, I hear from other industry leaders that cybersecurity is a top concern. What does that mean to you? It means that we can't just sit in our laurels and, and point at our reputation and say, hey, we're the best. Um, you know, that is something that lasts for about, I mean, in this era, like a millisecond. Uh, we have to continue to innovate and evolve and, and predict for the threats. You know, I'll, I'll use some analogy from my previous life uh, where I was a pilot in the Air Force uh, for nearly 16 years. Um, you know, we spent 90% of our training on something that would happen less, one, less than 1% of the time. Uh, that could be, you know, going up against uh, a nation state with a develop, uh, you know, uh, uh, anti-aircraft, um, you know, kind of <clears throat> structure, or frankly, you know, preparing for emergencies, uh, losing an engine, losing a hydraulic system, uh, losing part of your control surfaces, something that would not happen much. Uh, as a result, um, you know, we were very proficient when those things happened. Cybersecurity, we need to be able to be ready for those threats that are on the horizon, and frankly, be ready for those threats that haven't even been imagined. Uh, so we can get ahead of them and, again, uh, cut off the bad guys. I'm going to throw you for a loop here. Did any of those bad things happen when you were a pilot? <laughs> uh, luckily, you know, I never had any kind of, uh, you know, major issue, uh, you know, during my you know, over, you know, 3,500 uh, hours of flight, flying time in about uh, four different airplanes, which is great. Um, you know, sure, minor things. But the great thing is to kind of use the, the cybersecurity uh, kind of relation, if you will, uh, we did a ton of work in the simulators. I mean, literally, you know, it was jokingly called dial-a-death. Uh, we'd go up and take off and up, you lose two engines. Up, you just lost like X hydraulic system. Uh, and so you'd have that drilled into your brain uh, to be able to react. So when those things did happen, uh, you were able to, you know, aviate, navigate, communicate, fly the airplane, figure out where, where you're going to go and tell uh, air traffic control, other aircraft, hey, this is what we're going to do, um, you know, and then be able to walk away uh, and, and fly another day. Splendid. That's great. Way to, way to tie that back in. I love it. Question number four, what piece of insight do you want to share with other cyber experts? I think it's critical that, that cybersecurity companies and leaders develop the leadership and management abilities of all of their employees. This includes folks coming in at the you know, entry level, if you will. Uh, it's really important uh, that we kind of build uh, folks with a foundation. There could be a chance that those individuals or a individual might wanna be an individual contributor for their entire career, and that's great and it'll crush it. Uh, however, we need to make sure that folks have the tools and knowledge to be able to lead teams and to manage processes and know the difference between leadership and management. Uh, so in case they end up 
in a leadership role, uh, they'll be able to you know, thrive and succeed as opposed to someone who's been in the industry for 10 or 15 years, all of a sudden they're leading a team and then, uh-oh, they've got some fatal flaws. That can be a huge issue, obviously, from you can think of organizational processes as far as a team resource management issue. Uh, and frankly, you know, you start talking about things like, you know, like toxic leadership and toxic culture. That is not something you want to do uh, and find out that someone has an issue with, uh, you know, that late in the game. The, the, that does not mean that uh, everyone needs to show up in the MBA. But I mean, key things, you know, getting a, a new person, say a person working in the SOC straight from a community college, teach them how to present, teach them how to brief, share ideas in, in situations. Um, you know, again, that's something, again, from the military, everyone was taught to present and brief uh, in, in a concise manner, whether you're talking to a group of troops or, or a four-star general, you can communicate. That is so important that can sometimes be lacking. And frankly, it's really not that hard to do to offer that kind of leadership development. One of the most profound answers we've had on the podcast to date, a lot of people talk about solutions and technologies and and that, but without the people behind it, I think uh, I think we're going to fall flat. So, so great response there. Question number five: What other successful cyber professionals like yourself would you like to acknowledge that should be on our podcast? I can't think of a, a specific individual per se, but I'll think of a group of individuals, and that's the military community members. And so that's you know uh, veterans uh, like you know yourself, myself, uh, military spouses, members of the Guard and Reserve, uh, those who continue to serve, uh, who found their way into cybersecurity. Um, there are so many opportunities, obviously, in, in cyber, which we all know. I mean, hey, we're talking here. Uh, and there's a lot of um, people, especially veterans, who are making their way from the military into cybersecurity. Uh, with the post-9-11 GI Bill being so good uh, these days, you know, paying for room and board and in, in four years of education uh, at the minimum, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of veterans are going to college to get into degrees. Uh, so how do we effectively uh, break down the mystique that that cybersecurity is not a monolith. You know, you can't just go to a four-week boot camp and be good to go uh, for some roles. Um, so, how do we effectively, you know, share that information, share our pathways? We've been doing a little bit about uh, about the kind of the pipeline, if you will, of how veterans have gone into cybersecurity um, on Cyber.media, uh, and it's and it's a great story to be told because veterans bring a lot of uh, intrinsic things, leadership, uh, you know, uh, teamwork, things like that. They also, majority of them have a security clearance as well. So they're perfect for cyber roles. We just want to make sure that they're aligning themselves for success, that they're able to, you know, find, determine where they want to do, what they want to do in cyber, make sure they really understand what it takes to do that role and what it's going to take once they get there, get into a good college, thrive in that college, get a good internship and be set up for career success. Nice. Yes. The veteran community, we thank everyone out there for their service. Question number six, the fun question, final question. What is your favorite piece of retro technology that makes you smile? Uh, high frequency radio. Uh, and so, as I mentioned, you know, before I, I, I flew the C-17 Globemaster III and the, the C-130J Super Hercules for several years. And whenever we were crossing a long distance uh, piece of ocean, uh, say in the Pacific, um, you know, between Alaska, Japan, Hawaii, et cetera, or the North Atlantic uh, between you know, North America and Europe, you'd use high frequency radio to communicate uh, with uh, controllers who couldn't see you because there's no radar out there. Um, high frequency radio, for those who, who know, is affected by a lot of things, whether it's night, whether it's day, solar flares, where the sun is, environmental conditions, not only in the, in the earth, but also in space as well. Um, and it, it was kind of very tedious sometimes uh, to do a position report, I mean, literally as you're going across the North Atlantic tracks, which is some of the most busiest airspace uh, in the world. We're talking about thousands of flights per day. 
uh, and literally we're using the same technology, again, in my case as late as 2016, that, that folks in my role back in World War II were doing. Uh, so it was pretty retro. Uh, a lot of airlines uh, have now since transitioned to using satellite communications to do those positions reports with uh, HF radio backup. Uh, but in my case, in, in the C-130J, we were still doing it old school style uh, on an HF radio. That's great. Well, you did it, David. Six questions in nine minutes because the best know when to be concise and when to end. What's your website? Uh, yeah, so uh, cyber.media. Uh, it's a uh, place where we do a lot of uh, discussions uh, about, uh, you know, kind of things like this. Uh, my particular kind of focus is cyber.media slash veterans, uh, where we talk to veterans uh, who have uh, transitioned, um, again, from the military into cyber roles in their path. Uh, again, trying to cut through the hype of cyber is great and everyone should do it, but more along the lines of, hey, this was my path to cyber. Here's how I got in. Here's how I messed up along the way. Uh, here's how, uh, you know, you can avoid making the mistakes that I did. Uh, so we can pass that learning on, um, you know, to, uh, to uh, other generations, if you will. So they don't have to make that main same mistake. And of course, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, side, uh, that's a side effort. Uh, however, uh, um, bluevector.io uh, is the uh, actual company that uh, I work for. Awesome. David, it was epic having you on. Make sure you check out more episodes and insights from Cybersecurity and IT Professional Podcast. My name is Rick Mishka. Stay awesome, my friends.